I'm telling them, come on, fellas, that ain't none of your bitch. Got on your body suit, you know I'm on your ass today. Would you let me hit a thrice if I asked today? She know I see nothing but magic, babe. I be swinging it back and forth to you and your casket, babe. Yo. Back, episode three. Episode three, intro, what was that track, Lauren? Pretty Little Fears by Black. Here we go. TJ Lard on the ones and twos. <laughs> <laughs> Newest contribution to the podcast. DJ. What's this, what's this piece of equipment called you just got? Weekly progress. That's what this podcast is all about. Weekly progress. That's the name of the game. The arc of history. Progress. It works through podcasting, too. (laughs) (laughs) Micro to macro. That's what it's all about. What are we talking about this week? Okay. Trevor? Econ Talk? (laughs) Listen to a dope Econ Talk (laughs) podcast with Russ Roberts. What was the name of it? It Oh, I can uh, pull it up. I think it was... um, it was Susan on manufacturing with Susan Houseman. Yeah, it was something Nailed of it. that yeah, nature. It was, it was definitely Susan Houseman. Susan Houseman, and it's something about manufacturing. Yeah. And Do in you, short, yeah. What was the premise of the? Because there's a couple. There's a couple things. Well, yeah. That I got. Of course, Russ gets, gets takes it. Well, she, I have to say, she's she is such a good economist, right? Yeah. Like so rigorous. Such narrow yeah. claims. Yeah. And not I loved willing, it. I love it. Not willing to go from like. Here's what the facts said. It was one of the most scientific perspectives I've heard in that field. It was like she just sounded like a scientist. Yeah, exactly. She's like, this is what the data shows. This is what it can answer. And Russell keeps on baiting her and being like, I wanna, uh, yeah, yeah, make some big claims. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, because she's such a rigorous economist, which I, I love. So we'll get into this. But let's just, I, that's what I want to, I want to take that this question about the, the validity of the economics, economic science. In, in the context of this conversation, of the conversation they had, but the claim is that the sti- which I there's a lot of things to unpack here, but the standard economic pitch has been well, it's about manufacturing first. So the China at the shock. highest level, the China so, shock. Yeah, you know, exactly. China took all the jobs. Everybody knows that. But for a long time, economists, mainstream economic opinion was that really China didn't take that many many jobs. Really, what's going on is kind of changing manufacturing processes, changing... Increase in automation. Yeah, automation, technological like, productivity. And the reason was because people thought productivity had still been climbing, yeah. but they'd watched like job numbers actually come in low, yeah. right? And come in much lower than uh, at, than the GDP, yeah. the percent of the GDP. Yep. Uh, I, although actually, I do think the percent of the GDP is still declining that's still recognized manufacturing as a percent of gdp uh, is still declining yeah but i think the where it's still like holding steady is it's growing with the other industries so it's lost its like sort of market share i should say i don't know if that's the right yeah, phrasing it's like, you know national output share yeah it's lo- yeah exactly it's it's that part of it is decreased and i think that has to do with the rise in tech right and, and, and the and, rise and in like software and, like, and all service that. all that you know yeah. Well, the service industry is interesting, right? So that was one of the main takeaways of this is how these labor numbers get reported. Yeah. And the fact well, is... There's two labor the, numbers about labor employment... In the manufacturing sec- sector. And then two, how we measure manufacturing output, which I think is the second thing, which yeah. is that manufacturing output 
over time, all through the China shock, which I would describe as yeah. 1995 through 2015, or, or through, through today, um, but really the 2000s and the early early uh, 2010s, I guess what you call that decade, I don't know what you call it, that de- this decade, but um, that, yes, employment numbers are going down, everybody saw those employment numbers going down, but dollar output of the manufacturing sector continued to go up, so everybody was like, it's okay. Yeah. You know, we still make things. That whole thing about we don't make things is bullshit. Yeah. We still make yeah. lots of things. Look at the dollar output in the manufacturing sector. It continues to grow very healthily. Numbers go down. Oh, we're just getting more efficient. Life's okay. We're just getting high tech. And the shitty, shitty low tech jobs can go to China. They can make plastic toys. We'll make high tech stuff. It's okay. Take a chill pill. That was the economic pitch. Yeah. And Susan Ausman comes in and just throws a bomb. Well, I think the, yeah, I think the, the traditional pitch or the, one of the, the takes that like the it seems like economists had uh, also included that we were making some lower quality stuff too. Like they, it still included, I think, uh, a forecast where we're still making cars, we're still making mm-hmm. like some like you know industrial type age mm-hmm. stuff, right? We're not we're not just making software chips, yeah. But that the the production of those cars would be done almost completely by automation. Yeah. And I think that was sort of where people saw our economy shifting. So yeah. we're still gonna make Nissans here, we're gonna make Toyotas here, it's but it's gonna, gonna be a, like five uh, software developers and like And maybe only uh, twenty actual like production yeah. line people. whatever. You know, it used to take a hundred people to make this car you know, 10, 100 cars a day and now we can do it with machines and twenty people. Yeah, so that was I think where the view was. And yeah. then Susan came in and brought uh, some very rigorous analysis, and this is her critique is really a critique on how we measure economic data, and I thought I found it so fascinating because I immediately started extrapolating here and seeing the reproducibility crisis that we're seeing in the social sciences right now occurring in the economic space, um, and just a brief aside on that, and this is not related to the Econ Talk podcast at all, just sort of when I was listening to it, I was listening to how difficult it is to make these sort of um, foundational economics measurements, yeah. whether it's on price yeah. or the number of jobs. Just or, the number of jobs. Like, yeah. like, how do you actually figure out how many people work in manufacturing this country? How Just do you do that? getting a brief view into that process from this podcast. And I know, Sai, you know a ton more about yeah. like measurement issues within yeah. the field of economics, but just seeing this brief glimpse in one area where measurement is severely flawed, yeah. severely flawed, and you have a and this entire is like a, and this is like a standard bearer. This is like a standard bearer of data set. This isn't some cutting edge new. This is like manufacturing what, jobs. Yeah, like, the number of manufacturing like jobs we, can't we rely have. On that data we set. can't measure that. We, we, oh yeah, we try to, but it's dog shit. Yeah, you know, it's like you have to know that it's dog shit. And we can't measure yeah the dollars associated yeah. with what we're measuring. And it's a complicated what, problem. That's the thing. It's not it, so simple. Like yeah, you know, they go it's not all, simple at all. And it's and like very you know any the world is filled it, with complex problems. You know, there the a black hole is an equally complex problem. Yeah. But the thing is, we've had generations of very precise data and model building with very small steps in order to get to the point where we can describe with great level of detail the like me- mechanis- the mechanism of, of how a black hole forms yeah. and some of the physics around the periphery of it in a way that we simply cannot in the world of economics, which is, uh, you well, know, you can so argue that it's more complex than a black hole, but I would, you know, disagree in many ways, uh, <laughs> you know, but the, but the, what it what there is a problem with is not necessarily the complexity of the problem when you're looking at like a global economic model because yeah. there's 
it's not that hard of a problem. There's six billion moving people that need to be modeled certain ways, right? Six billion. Six billion, seven billion, yeah, exactly. To get like a, a you know climate model except for economics, it's. I'm not saying it. I'd say the reason. Well, I'll push back on that later. Okay, I'll, sure. I'll, I would say I would describe this as an engineering problem. Not that it's like, yeah, we could do it. You need a, a huge investment in capital, but you also need a huge investment in time. And I think there, the way I think economics needs to take two steps backwards before it takes ten steps forward. I think it needs to reevaluate how it makes all of its foundational measurements. And I think it needs to incorporate this new data revolution that we're seeing right yeah, now. Yeah. We need to come up with a whole new measurement system within the field of economics that can keep up with our rate of change, that can keep up with the, the yeah. way that cell phones evolve year over year, yeah. right? The way we measure or value. Like, TV, like, right? like that, I mean, the like, classic thing is like, you know, TV, the price of TVs has gone down, but the TV quality has gone up. Are you even, like, how do you compare a TV from 10, 20 years ago versus TV today? Yeah, in like, terms of like, what is the worth of that TV oh. to like your family? And what is the worth of the output? You know, how do we measure like the values? That, you know, yeah. is 10 TVs produced today versus, you know, and then of course, think about a car. I mean, they talked about a car, like a car in 1970 versus a car today. Yeah. Like how, that is apples to fucking pinatas. You know, yeah, like, yeah, they're completely different things. So I think economics in general as a field needs to take like a few steps back. That's what this podcast made me think. And well, it's, it, because- Well, fascinating, because I think okay. we had the same exact initial impulse, like take steps back, but but I think we'll go, we take it in very different directions here. Yes, yes, so I, I just, I feel like you know, when I when I look at like our modern day, you know, G, the fact that we even have mentioned GDP on this podcast, you know, like GDP, the guy who invented GDP, and you, I don't know his name, the yeah. guy who like came up with that concept, uh -huh. like, pretty much said explicitly, this is in the one of the worst indicators you can have <laughs> for the productivity of a nation. This is one of the worst, and please do not use this as a, a sense of source <laughs> of yet, measurement. And, and yet, yet you've got we tethered like, our entire world economy to that. So that was in like the 1800s or whatever, whenever he came up with GDP. Yeah. So that was not a good indicator then. Yeah. And now we have iPhones, yeah, right? Yeah. And we're still using GDP. So yeah. I mean, I, that's why I mean, like, if we take a step back, we need to be able to capture rates of change. And I think our, we have enough technology and data scientists now that need to like flow into the economic space. And I think, you know, a lot of our ways we think about the world, because obviously economics ties to politics, right? So and you can't policy, have, yeah. and policy, right? So all the free market debates we have, capitalism versus communism, you know, socialized, nationalizing industries, government incentive programs, foreign wars, all that shit is tied to very specific economic models that may or may not, you know, have been relatively successful. But I think because mostly they're just looking backwards in the rearview mirror and creating a new like explanation that ties everything together. It feels like a very non-falsifiable field that's oh, always it? looking through the rear view. Totally, well, yeah, so, anyway. That okay. was so Trevor, uh, Trevor ha has destroyed economics. And it's good because economics has, it sits on a throne, you know, a false throne, totally these days. Every policy I think is crucial. Any policy you hear they quote like, well, minimum wage will do this, or or the if you know if you're against the minimum wage, this, you know, yeah, or, or yeah. and the good economists, the people that you talk like Susan Houseman, right? Yeah, you you see how she approaches it, she, and you like, and you talk to you talk to a proper economist, yeah, and, and you're not going to see that. Or generally speaking, a good economist will have will not exude that arrogance, yeah, to think that they actually know how it works, yeah, or what the right policy is. Yeah. All they can say is, yeah. well, all she's, like, her entire, she's probably worked in this paper for a decade, and her claim is that we misinterpreted manufacturing output and manufacturing 
um, labor results over a specific te- decade. And that's yeah. her contribution to the field. Yeah. And it's huge. It's and she hasn't even solved ma- the problem. She's just identified yeah. a huge measure yeah. error and, and, like, and, and, and given the implications. But that's that. good. That's good. That's good. Scholarship. Yeah, economic, exactly. Um, exactly. Where, you, where I believe is that you see a lot of people parading around with the economic... Uh, economic science as like a as a tool yeah and they parade around with like these stats about what will happen and what won't happen and how the how the economy works and yeah what, and that's what whether the, you're noam chomsky or like milton freeman yeah yeah well, yeah and it's well, like I'll push, yeah i'll push back on that because milton freeman is the is one of the goats but he didn't make claims based on so what the thing in economics is the history of economics and i studied economics so i have a little context here which is the first economist was adam smith and david hume like moral philosophers. What year? Uh, this is probably. Is I think. I think the 1776 actually was the year that. Um, what's Adam Smith's fa- famous text? Uh, Wealth of Nations. Wealth of Nations, foundational text of economics, of of uh, the free market, you know, concepts. Um, published 1776. That's a full philosophical. That's philosoph- It's philosophy. You yeah, read it's that philosophy. book. You read that book. It's philosophy. Yeah. It is a. It is a attempt to rationalize the way that humans can behave with one another and what is the most virtuous way to organize human society. It's political philosophy, maybe, um, with some ethical philosophy. And his first book before that is actually the theory of moral It's very empirically driven, right? Based on observations of how he sees people. From a methodological standpoint, it's you know, more akin to philosophy than it is science. And, 100%. and um, that is really the foundation of most of the economic system is it's kind of this like philosophical approach to economics of, of laws of economics. Uh, supply and demand is not a um, scientific concept. It's an observed model that people have like thought out from a philosophical standpoint. And that's why we believe in it. The law of supply and demand is not empirically proven. And you can try to empirically prove it, but you can't. There's always a, right. but that's what the I data's think. not there. So f- economics as a field has always been a philosophy. Traditionally, was a philosophy field, and only in the last 150 years, as uh, our mathematics and our science and the kind of our the um, you know the, the scientific approach to social sciences, data, econometrics, data, you know, like all these things that we now take for granted in so- all the social sciences, trying to be scientific, applying scientific falsibility, you know, testing. That's been a that's been pasted on to economics, and has all of a sudden granted economics this power of like supposedly of science to explain the world that me, it, it, just, it, it has no claim to. Like yeah. economics as a field has no business trying to make a scientific claim. Like just like anybody who thinks that is bogus. So like it's totally bogus. So I, for you, it, I, it seems like your take is that, oh, we just need the right data and a long enough timeline of academic studies and we'll solve a lot of these problems. Not just the right data, I want to just, because this is interesting you mentioned this because you mentioned the philosophical side yeah. and now the data-driven side of economics and there's an analogy here to chemistry or a parallel to okay. you know, chemistry yeah. where, you know, and just really in the hard sciences in general, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's always a pairing between theory and experimentation. You're either a theorist or you're an experimentalist, yeah. right? And they work in tandem. Yeah. So you have people like Newton, 
who's a theorist, yeah. who just comes up with ideas for how the universe works, yeah. comes up with like equations. And, and they mathematically have, like, look good on paper. Yeah, they look good, they're elegant solutions to the problem. Yeah. And then you have experimentalists who then like validate those results, yeah. validate those theories, and try to prove those theories incorrect. And, right? like, yeah. and a lot of times experimentation leads the way for like a generation or for like a decade, yeah. and then it will pull back, and then the theorists will leave. Yeah, because well, you get results that you can't explain, okay, we need a new theory. So exactly. then that now then pass, the, pass the ball back to the... Yeah, right? you know. now you get quant like, you know, one of the, the two great examples of this are like, in the world of relativity, yeah. you have like Einstein who comes up with like a theory, right? And that, it just that, now we've proved black yeah. holes, like right? I yeah, exactly, like, you know, like, it, and we proved the like time dilation, yeah. that time slows down when you're moving fast. Yeah. We actually put a clock, two atomic clocks, we left one on the ground, <laughs> we put one in an F-16, and just flew that shit around the planet for a little while, just to prove like, okay, we're gonna move this clock much faster than this other one that's just sitting here. And then we pull it off the jet, and we're like, oh look, it's slow now, yeah. even though it was an atomic clock, because it was just stretching out through space time, yeah. right? So that's an example of an experiment to validate or disprove a theory, mm -hmm. right? Uh, quantum mechanics is the other way, where, yeah, we just started getting experimental results that make no sense. And so we came up with these empirical rules to like describe the results, yeah. and the rules work perfectly, but there's no underlying reason for why those rules should be the rules. Yeah. There's no like a priori like philosophical reasoning like there was with relativity, yeah. where Einstein thought about space-time bending and shit. So anyway, all that's to tie that all back to uh, economics, where yeah. you know we talked about its philosophical roots, and it was. A purely a field by theorists, right, yeah. is one way of looking at it. It was just theory, 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 theory. Then when the experimentalism came, when the experimentalists came and joined the field, yeah. A, they're 200 years behind, right? They were not there from the very beginning yeah. with the theorists test doing little experiments to tease out supply and demand, yeah. doing little experiments to tease out low, you know, small government policy versus yeah. big government policy, whatever. They weren't pairing the, and so theory is so far ahead of the experimentalists that when they finally join the party, they're just trying to prove yeah. the theories that have been around for 200 years instead of trying to discover new truths about society. Like I feel like the, the, every time I read some paper on economics or anything with any sort of quantitative yeah. economics data, I just see it justifying some non-provable theory. Yeah. And like that is where it's coming from. That's the perspective well, of the you science. Have to, but it's, you, not, it's, it's not It's not a, it's not it is and I I would just say listen. It's the study of humans will always be non-scientific. Now, I, well, I know I know that's like a claim, but um like I guess you know. Eventually, you get to biology, and you can study humans from a biological standpoint, right. and it's possible. Depends on your determinism. Yeah. Level. Well, well, you know, but like with the fact of matters, we cannot run experiments in, in economics, and we try. We try to do econometric analysis, which is the uh, you, seeing data as it exists and like trying to parse out um, causal relationships using you know econometric models, and it can be useful, but it basically is it's totally. It, it, you know, a lot of contemporary policy is justified on the basis of econometric modeling that is totally suspect. And any, it, it, it all suffers the problems that Susan Hausman talked about with the relationship with manufacturing, employment, and output over the last 10 years. Oh, wait a second, there's this huge issue with the data, our entire interpretation. People were running econometric models and justifying this, the, the, you know, the, the, the standard story, and all the econometric models proved it. And then boom, she points out the wrong data. The data yeah. is complete, yeah. and, and they all fall apart. So, you know, 
the, the fundamental issue in economics is you cannot run experiments. You cannot say, take this version of the world with this government policy and take this version of the world without this government policy. You can try, you know, they, with minimum wage, they say, they say, let's look at this city right here when minimum wage was applied and versus this city next door with minimum wage not applied. But there's so many other factors. There's so many other human factors involved that it's impossible to parse out relationships. And so people, I think, I think good economists and people who study economics know that economics is not a hard science. It's not science. It is at best philosophy with you know pretensions. <laughs> you know, like with uh, quantitative with pretensions. pretensions. Like total and like I, scientists. Uh, you know, to today's society, society, we value science above our all which is cool and I think it's a nice ethos and I think everything but it's every study should totally try to be scientific I mean I think like what, it, it, like it's not gonna like science will not tell you why the Soviet Union failed exactly and, and like so yeah. science will not tell you why the contemporary contemporary like you know American capitalism is, is is insufficient you know like why you know why you know why did Donald Trump get elected yeah you know there's this few all these stories like there's no science to be had there yeah, and and, and yeah, insofar exactly. as you and insofar as you paint, you try to pretend that there is possible scientific studies that can explain this stuff. You're delusional, and you're like, and so that's what I would say. I, I, it's interesting because meanwhile, I think you're you're thinking, oh, we can solve economics. I think we can. It's it's solvable in the sense that it's a it's a knowable problem. It's not like no, I mean, a dark know, matter problem. It's not a them. it's not a dark matter problem where it's like some I would literally say the death of the human soul is is, in, is a dark un, matter problem. It's more complex than a dark black hole, dude. Like depend yeah, I mean it depends you know, on like, how deterministic your view is, right? Like if you if you truly believe we live in a universe governed by physics, right? And that's the thing about why mo why most scientists tend to be atheists because it's just like you spend so long in this mechanistic view of the world and you're just like in the weeds looking at teasing apart atoms and yeah. molecules and shit or even if biology just like yeah. cells yeah. And cause and effect yeah, cause and relational chains like, like cascading mechanisms that lead to certain things being expressed you can see the turtles all the way up or turtles all the way down argument of yeah. like okay yeah we don't have the maybe the quantitative we don't have the computational power right like simply it's it's just that's why I say it's an engineering problem I feel like our models could do it. Like we can model cells in extraordinarily well. We can model atoms extraordinarily well. We can describe so and predict you really their think their you can uh, create their uh, uh, their yeah. I think. Do you think you can create human intelligence? Human intelligence? Like, I think that you can create a model that in it, it doesn't need to. There's two things here. You don't need a model. Uh, what is this? Is the greatest the best expression? Right. The map is not the territory. Yeah. Right. That's the, one of the greatest expression expressions when it comes to like what I'm describing because yes I do the short answer is yes I think we could build a model that could completely approximate or approximate so precisely human decision making right that for given it enough data and enough understanding of like you know either just the, the you, do, you right? know you a snapshot of the universe you, that you, can uh, you, can, you can model stuff at a molecular level right and then you just start adding molecules right so it's just a matter of how many processors do you have how many supercomputers do you have, and how fast? I, I mean, I guess I we have. I don't have any. We, I, I, Google I, just made a breakthrough with quantum yeah, computing. Like, cool, that's like, like, but like, how are you gonna? How are you gonna replicate the like the, the you don't the, the model doesn't need to be able to understand why a human being is doing something. It can still predict what it is going to do without understanding the why, well, and that's, that would be it like can. a quantum mechanic. It's a quantum mechanics problem, dude. Well, well, like a quantum we, mechanics. Well, you tell me it can, but it we can't. can predict. We, a, we can't do it yet. So no, I mean, no, no, no. Don't tell me with confidence just, that we can. I'm just it's, saying, in principle, I don't know what what other force. What would make 
that level of complexity unreachable. That would be that would be my pushback. Yeah. Is because I would say that discovering the secrets of the atom to a ancient Greek, discover it like at the level we have, understanding what a black hole is to yeah. someone in ancient Egypt. It seems just as outrageous as it, it seems absolutely just as outrageous. If not, that's a bigger leap, I'd say, to go from like knowing how to take care of sheep to <laughs> understanding what a black hole is on a mechanistic level. Well, no, I don't think it's that big of a leap because I actually would say that uh, you think that I the think leap most to of the Greeks knew uh, I think the Greeks probably wrestled what they like they Go back a generation further. Go yeah. back a civilization further. Then. Well, that's the you know. Go back I, to I like think, the, I think the first hundred thousand years where we were just like yeah, you know. sure. But I would say like the Greeks like hunter gatherers. Once we once we took the you know once we built civilization, there were people thinking about the problems of the human mind and uh, the problems of free will and of God versus free will and sure and they like, were thinking about and it and they knew it and they knew the basic thing that cause and effect. There's a first cause and there's a last effect. Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's painfully obvious sure um and i and so i, I just they thought the earth was made, like aristotle one of they, the clearly most brilliant people who's ever been on the planet like unequivocally yeah one of the most brilliant minds who's ever but, but been we, born we, we, thought we, that everything was made of like earth wind and fire yeah but and we, water but we still you know? they they you know our knowledge of the human soul is basically exactly where it was then we, you know, all well, the yeah, science in the world. So that's what I mean. So all tease the out, in the world. Tease out the soul for me because that's where I'm coming from is like, what is the soul? Where does well, that exist in this natural well, world yeah, so that I, we've come I, to I understand to a much level, greater level of detail than those? Yeah, they had to lean on the soul because they lacked explanatory power and we like still, we, we do. Still, we still don't know why people are the way they are. For the universe, we, we have significantly more explanatory power about the and universe still, and knowledge. And, and, and our self-knowledge is still... Our self knowledge is still low. We is, still one hundred percent. But I'm just wondering, like, where I just like tease out where the soul is for me. I mean, I, I, I obviously don't know. I obviously don't know how an answer for that. But the fact of the matter is that nothing in our science suggests that it's going to be like approachable. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, and yes, like we've. I mean, people have been like ever since people computational power has been invented. People said it was like, oh yeah, let's, we're, we're going to do this. And I think, I think we'll get AIs that. I think we, you know, when you create AI, right, and all of a sudden it takes that step and it's AI like you see in, um, you know, like, you know the movie, um, uh, Ex, Ex Machina? Yeah. And all of a sudden it takes the step, it's human. Yeah. Or far past it. But whatever. Yeah, so it, it passes human. But whatever, it, it has, you know, the ghost has entered the shell. Like, you don't know where it came from, but the, and, and all of a sudden it's past, your science, even though it's, it's born out of science, once the ghost enters the shell, it's gone. It's past. That's that's the leap, like right. Like in that in that. Like, so that's just. Yeah, the I think that's, that's really. Like, I I, I, so I, I, I feel like, like you can create the AI, but once the AI is there, you you it's just as distant as like, as my you know my my interior world is to me, or it is to you. I would just say I would just like to add this little wrinkle in because I I think an additional difference between our viewpoints here, and this is something, a word that Lauren likes to say a lot. Uh, I feel like this sort of perspective on life and, and consciousness or, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, what being alive is, uh, is really anthropocentric. anthropocentric. It's really yeah. like humans. focused on, on humans. And I think when, you th when I think about like life, I think life is really like the concept of life with a capital L. It, the, the definition of what something is alive yeah. versus when it's not. Because yeah. that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about how difficult is it to predict a human. Well, it's no. probably, I mean, you would probably make the similar argument about dogs, right? Or no? Or would you say that like, no, for some animals we will be able to perfectly model their behavior? 
Let me just clarify that one yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, I would say like we know. What about ants? Like we can with ants, right? For can, the most part. Can we? Chemically, they're pretty much robots. You can put pheromones and just make them do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I know. You can control their behavior yeah. perfectly. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, especially if we sunk, can you imagine if we sunk, like, a Pentagon budget <laughs> yeah, into, like, understanding how ants move? We would have, like, a perfect model for ants, I would guess. But, like, we move up to humans and, and economics, and it's like, oh, no, no, that's unknowable. Well, I would say that, like, if you want to, I would look at life as a continuum from the ant level of sophistication, the cell level of amoeba, sophistication, uh, yeah, right? But then you move down to the virus, right? Where a virus is a virus alive, yeah, yeah right, and you get down to that like level of granularity. A virus is just a string of yeah. genetic material, yeah, yeah RNA. Like, it's just yeah. like it's just floating around, and then it, it hits something, and... yeah, and then it explodes and replicates itself, and it changes in the response to its environment. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't require any chemical food, mm -hmm. right, to live or to propagate. It's almost like a, just yeah, it's just a, a rogue piece of genetic material that expresses itself in the universe whenever yeah. it finds a sufficient ecosystem namely a human body right or bacteria yeah. however are like little tiny animals in yeah. some sense where they're just like eating shit so right like a homeostasis so that's like the low level on life right and so if you want to build these quantitative models that we we're talking about i would say a virus is probably a great candidate because it's got no like decision making really it's not really responding to stimuli like a cell is right like yeah. it's not engaging with its environment well, we can create viruses can't we we can create viruses exactly that's what i mean we can build virus models perfectly we can yeah. not perfectly but you can imagine again unlimited budget I mean, we I'm, dedicate I'm sure ourselves like, I'm, for I'm some sure viruses definitely cooked up vir like bioware yeah exactly and we're using aids viruses actually to fight cancer right now and shit in some yeah. like research labs so that's on the one scale right of life is viruses where it's like is that alive that's pretty close it could like a rock is clearly not alive but you move up to like a virus and it's like right it's kind of an edge case on the other side you can look at like a city right and i think of a city as also being a living thing right yeah. in a way and and i think like it has that you're when you're describing the ex machina yeah. as like oh the spark of life enters this robot and now that thing's alive i would say you could see the spark of life hit this particular geography Right, and it turned into Manhattan, and that Manhattan just started growing from like it's it's a 500 year old living thing, right? That's just like we are the cells moving within it. We are the like art, yeah. the circulatory I mean, system I, and I, shit. I, mean, I, I, I get the analogy, but is it is it? And then accurate? you move, and then you could one in what? Yeah, I think so, 100. percent The way we respond to stimuli, it's just a different scale, right? It's just a sizing problem, and it's a time problem. So we don't you don't feel like a city's alive because. You, well, what, are, what are the consequences of that idea? What are the consequences of the idea that we're made of cells? We're made of billions of other independently living things, right? Well, no, they can't. Human cells can't live. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can just put it. You can keep a cell alive in a petri dish. But you, it can't stay alive itself. Yeah, it can grow. Yeah, I guess that means it's li it's a, a cell is alive. Yeah. yeah, a cell is a living thing. Yeah, and you are a composite of that thing. Yeah, right of like billions and billions, and then other all yeah. sorts of other life yeah. like yeah. bacteria and yeah. shit, and yeah. like yeah. that's what a body is. Yeah, right. It's nothing if not a aggregate. It's like a bunch of ants. All like you know, yeah. it's a bunch yeah. of yeah. other that's separate living things. Right. You understand science. what I'm saying? So like a city is very similarly. Now you're thinking about it like, well, a building's clearly not alive, so like how can the whole city be alive if it's made out of buildings? Yeah. Well, a building is just as much, it built, is your bone alive, right? When you think about it on a human level? No, it's just like a stick. When you're thinking about yourself as Psy, yeah. you don't think of your bone as some like thing with feelings and thoughts and everything, yep. right? It's so just a structure. Do you have a right to live? I mean, that, well, whatever, like even, 
you know, and then I'll just zoom out even further. A planet. A planet is a living thing. Certainly. I actually saw an ecosystem is totally alive. A whole planet is a living like object, right? And so like a spark of life hit the planet Earth that did not hit the planet Venus, right? Or we think that we know of, right? I actually saw this the last thing I'll say. So I'm informed you know, this sounds like okay, some fractal universe shit, right? Life living in all these dimensions. I think this is relevant in the measurement argument, right? Because if you can measure some scales and time sizes there's no reason, you know, theoretically or philosophically, why you couldn't measure others given enough computing power, enough engineering sophistication, etc. I mean, that's the argument. I that's my argument, right? And the, the last piece I'll add is that, like, I this is and a lot of this. My thoughts on this came from a reading Gerdel Escher Bach, which is an incredible book uh, that makes you think about the levels of existence and shit. But yeah. uh, the second was this lecture I saw at uh, the World Science Fair at NYU yeah. with this uh, NASA uh, astro- astrobiologist yeah. who was describing, they, one of the first questions they presented to the stage of astrobiologists yeah. was, what is life? Um, and they were the ones who suggested cities are living. They yeah. were the ones who were suggesting that like, we don't have a good definition for what life is. It's an unending cascade of reactions that self-propagates. Yeah. And she goes, I think it's best to think about life as a sort of chaotic system that a planet has or it doesn't, right? A planet has life and it's eating itself, dying, like becoming, growing, like you have cells and you have animals eating other animals and you know, plants yeah. and whatever. It's like a planet is filled with life or it's not. Yeah. And a planet's living or it's not. It's just a, con- it's a planetary condition. That's the only way to look at life. So put all that back into this. The com- the, I'm just wondering what your comments are on that, first of all. Or well, like, I, I, th- I mean, listen, I, you know, it's, it's, you don't have to be a scientist to appreciate no. the, 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 you know, the blatant logic of cause and effect, right? Right. And therefore, uh, you know, and everything that you just said follows from that, right? For right. Sure. I, I don't think I can argue. You know, there's no there's no way to argue it otherwise. You know, right. No and that's way. the problem with determinism because it, it leaves it, you unsatisfied. It's com- and, 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 and exactly. But, and the and the fact of the matter is though. Um, I think it's beautiful though. I mean, it, it is. Time, there's, there's a stunning beauty to it for sure. I completely agree, and I especially, especially once you start looking at like the concept of. Ecosystems, specific ecosystem, but then as a planet as a whole, and you zoom We're, out, and it's like this incredible romantic, like we are the universe becoming aware of itself. Yeah, like that's I, just I, like a fascinating fucking exactly and phenomenon. And yet, um, and yet we still have to. So maybe maybe life is not the right word. So ditch life is a word, uh-huh. and ditch uh, ditch the word soul because it's so laden with a bunch of shit. Like human shit. Yeah, yeah. We, we've cooked up, you know. That's yeah. like whatever thousands, thousands of years of literature and whatever. But uh, the fact of the matter is, we still have to explain. Right. You know, like everything we do between this conversation, our relationships, our right. You know, back into human life. Yeah. Everything has to be justified on premises that basically flow in the opposite of that. Yeah, the complete and utter opposite. Of yeah, that. yeah. Um, like right, like yeah. All of human civilization is right. premised on the opposite of that. Right. And um, even if even if I know that's not true, all this astrobiologist, you know, the astrobiologist will sit there and tell you we need a bigger NASA budget. And you say why? And you no. Know, and next thing you know, they've got a pitch as to why <laughs> something about the specialness of humans. I don't know, but it's going to have to go there somehow. Yeah. So that you know either right like so. There's no way to believe that, and also not believe the and other. You know, like you know, 
and, yeah. and you know maybe not explicitly maybe not willing to admit it but like in virtue of your action in virtue of your continued pursuit of life you you know you per you're persisting and you are uh and you are you you are you know you are creating an exp explanation a post hoc rational like rationalization yeah. of your existence and it is premised on the fact that you are in fact special as a human or the human life is special or that the soul or whatever you want to fucking call it well, or some concept the it's premised on that the most special thing that's hap that that the most special thing everyone has about themselves is the fact that their eyes are looking outward at everyone else right like that's what that's the what being that's what's unique about you is that you have your own unique mind you know that was determined by your genetics and your, and your you, environment and, and unique and cascade of history unique right? cascade of history that you were born into uh, and you're looking out through your eyes at a bunch of other people who presumably have a similar system in there but you, right? have, no but you have no idea and you can only judge them as an outsider as you would judge a dog or judge a you know a, a city or judge yeah. anything right with your your senses Whereas uh, you have the ability to look inward into your own thoughts and your own mind and your own personality and your own history in a, such a deep and rich way. And you're trying to grapple with, I mean, this is why I love Camus, right? Is like he, you know, really loves his like favorite thing in the, that he discovered about himself is that discovery of that tension between this like massive, chaotic, unknowable universe where you may be some tiny little piece of it that's just operating in the background. We have no explanatory power because it's just like so, like we're so nothing in the context of this like massive yeah. thing, right? And you can look at that in the context of this massive life system that's been propagating for four billion years, yeah. right? Um, in contrast to that though, we operate every day, you know, I'm gonna go to work tomorrow, right? Like I'm gonna go to work and yeah, I'm gonna enter like, some Excel we're formulas. We're recording this podcast for posterity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. like, yeah so, I'm gonna I'm gonna write some macros. I'm gonna like you know answer emails. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna persist. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna persist. I'm gonna I'm gonna cook dinner tomorrow yeah. and like just do normal human shit. Yeah, and none of that shit matters in the end of it. You know, I'm gonna operate like I'm a human, a unique entity with a soul, with free will, and with I mean, and, and it's, go do my human it's shit. It's totally. I mean, obviously, you you can hold both. I mean, there's not I'm, you I have, have to you have to hold both, and it becomes if you if you refuse. But I guess you don't have to hold the sorry. You don't have to hold the deterministic universe. Well, I think that's just like it won't you know. Be, you know, it becomes apparent pretty quickly. Like, and it's, I think, especially for this contemporary society, it's very. It's hard to dismiss the explanatory power of a science. Yeah, but I would say like this, you know, this is not that's Camus. That's nineteen fifty probably, right? Yeah, like Sisyphus or nineteen forty one or something like that. Uh, prior to him, uh, you had Nietzsche, and prior to Nietzsche, you had Kierkegaard, and prior to Kierkegaard, you had like this is not new. Yeah, um, and that's what that, and that was my point. And I, I, my, my, my perception is that it will never, uh, it'll never be new. Like you know, like uh, you know, my, my, it's this time's not different. But in the sense that, like, ever since we made the leap towards, you know, a cognitive society, and where 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 thinkers can be supported, I guess, where someone's had their time to stop, you know, hunting, and uh, start thinking. Uh, this problem has been wrestled with. Sure. I think. And it's been wrestled with, you know, very elegantly in different ways and expressed differently. And uh, It's not new. And, I, and I, my suspicion is that go 10 million years into the future, humans all over the, all over the stars, we have the most complex computing power you could ever conceive of. And you're still going to have people walking around having existential crises. You still. It's, it's going to persist. There's, and, and, and by that, I mean 
and you're still going to have governments struggling to organize people. And there's still going to be human oh, conflict, man. and they're still going to be killing each you other. You said 10 million years. Whatever the fuck you want. 1,000, 500, like it's... No, no, no. 10 million's fine. That's that's big enough. <laughs> you know? I would say... Like, I, I would disagree. Uh, I, I would disagree. Like, you're, you're not going to solve the human condition. I would disagree. And you, I... Like, I, I, like that's... I would say I would say just at that level of time, if you're going to stretch out the time horizon that far, I mean, you're there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I think like you you look at the universe. I'll I'll just say it like this because if you're going to talk about solving the human condition, solving that, that's it, what I mean. Right? That's, what, that's what we're talking about, like solving and understanding it. Maybe I think what, bring it way back to the original problem of uh, of Can economics. we perfectly predict like a you human? Know, and, and 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 more expensive. Can we within a society? Can we solve humans? the uh, the you know the competing influences of people's desires in a, in a world defined by scarcity uh, yeah define whatever yeah, yeah put like, all the complexity like, that's, what you want. It, that's what I call it sure. right like there's, there's, there's a scarcity yeah. it's, it's scarcity we have to give up resources and people have to decide how to live and you know that's the problem of economics and politics right you know, in some ways yeah you could um, argue that I mean you could argue we could I would think we'd solve the problem of scarcity far before this time so yeah, but you'd still have economics without scarcity it'd just be a different flavor of and economics it, and then you still have politics I guess you get yeah so you, you know we go, we go to uh Zero. Well, you're in a different whole. I mean, imagine the level of politics you're talking about when you eliminate something like scarcity. Sure. When you start em- eliminating philosophical concepts like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I suspect that politics will change. But my point would be that, uh, will, will for some reason people stop killing each other? I my suspicion is that no, that's not going to happen. So people the, are going to find reasons to kill each other. This is why I the only and way I could push back on this because it's easy to see why it's easy. To, I feel like it's easy to argue that. We're always going to be human, so I feel like I'm I'm like taking well, on a, big, it's a big challenge here. Well, I mean, First I, it's, it's, it's as challenging to be fair as me having to push back against the fact that cause and effect yeah, determinism. Yeah, it's like a deterministic. Give me fine, a little break here. Fine, fine, <laughs> fine. But I'll just say this: I think like you have to look at this almost at like a universal scale. And what I mean by that is, um, if you look at the context of our universe, right, mm-hmm. our space time, you know, put Whatever. a multiverse theory out out the door for now because I can't even grapple with that but I don't even think it's relevant really it's not relevant so take our universe from the Big Bang on right so after the Big Bang Bang happened after the Big Bang happened and you know matter's being created we have hydrogen and helium gets the first star formation shit for a long time (coughs) for a long time there's no life yeah there's no life whatsoever right right? so we don't know if we're the first we don't know if we're the first we could assume we are, even if we're not, even if you want yeah. to just be like, yeah, sure, life happened in other part of the universe because the universe is the universe. It's enormous, right? So statistically, it probably had. Yeah. But let's just say, because I mean, and plus, you look at the evidence that we were seeded by like comets with, that contained amino acids. Like that's how life got started on our planet. So like it's, it's fair to assume that there were, yeah. there were amino acids out there. There's probably life elsewhere. And that comet probably hits, you know, if that comet hit us, it probably hit somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. So in any case... Uh, Wherever life happened first within the universe, you had, for a moment, you had a universe with no life whatsoever. You had a universe with just matter. Mm-hmm. And then you had life. You had a universe with life. And that is a, like, a philosophical type change within the universe. That is an existential type change for a universe. Yeah, right? That is an enormous, an enormous jump in complexity to go from a universe with just stuff to a universe with life. And that did happen, right? We, we, just like where stuff came from no stuff, right? Like we came from a place where there was no time, no space. That's pre-Big Bang. There's no time, there's no space. There's never any when, there's never any where. <laughs> it didn't exist at all. And so now suddenly, 
I mean, it's a yeah, sure. I, mean, no, I, I don't think I mean, nobody knows. No one knows what it was like before the Big Bang, but we understand that like space time started there. So, I mean, the con- there was no time before that we can measure because time our time has started at the Big Bang. The Big Bang is the best currently best available theory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Caveats away. But, I mean, I'm just, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a Big Bang. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty well established. It's like evolution. You know, it's like not perfect, but like it's well. We know there has to be a beginning, and we can see it. We can measure the Big Bang with yeah. microwave radiation. Yeah, it's, like right? like it's, it's expanding, right? And yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you point your telescope in a straight line in any direction, you go long enough, and you'll hit, you'll hit the Big Bang. You're measuring the Big Bang because space has only expanded so far, yeah. right? So like you're, you can measure when the Big – you can see the, the moments right after it. So anyway, if you travel faster than light, can you eventually go back to the Big Bang? If you go faster than light, we can't go faster than light. That's a problem. The only thing that can, because that's the hyperdrive, like in Star Wars. Yeah, that's the speed of the universe, unfortunately. But you can. What's interesting is competing power. I'm sure we can figure it out. Well, yeah, yeah. All right. So in any case, back to this, the previous thing. You have a universe with no life to a universe with life. That is a pretty enormous jump for our universe to take. I think the gap from the the jump from you have life to you have life that understands itself perfectly with some sort of quantitative model. And is no longer and has eliminated well, about, scarcity about, and uh, politics and like human problems. Less, less, less that jump. seems like a less of a jump. That seems like a less sophisticated okay, problem for the universe there's, there's to solve. There's a jump from conscious life to like you know, <coughs> you know, pre-humans. Sure. Uh, this the, the universe might as well might as well might as well not have existed. I would say it's it's weird or to pre-consciousness. Right? I'd say Whatever, it's weird. I, I think consciousness is a spectrum. It's sure. kind of weird to look at it binary. Maybe, but like, I agree. I totally agree. Cause I don't know where you draw the line because I, I don't, don't think answer, I, don't I don't think answer conscious. I don't, I don't either, and I certainly by suspect. There's like, probably a wide body of like, literature on this, by the way, that we don't yeah, know anything about. That's but. fine, and, and you know, like for example, I think and, you know the intelligence of orcas that is yeah, something I could write about. For and sure, it's fascinating monkeys and shit monkeys, too. Yeah, you know, so champs, like, I don't know that, when yeah. when it became. They have real intelligence. I don't know, but the the fact of the matter is the world's different from pre. Whatever you want to draw the line, where all of a sudden we, uh, this became a problem. Yeah. You know, when did monkeys killing each other is not an issue? Likewise, dolphins killing each other is not an issue. Nobody cares. The yeah. universe certainly doesn't care. Yeah. But we care desperately about humans killing each other. Yeah. And well, I would and push back because you know who cares about dolphins killing dolphins? Other dolphins. Like those dolphins have friends and family too. And I know it's weird to think on that level yeah. because it's it's so natural as a human to assume that they don't to, and to a assume that they don't, but b to laugh at the idea of dolphins having feelings <laughs> yeah, for each other. Yeah, it's true. You're just like because you're just well, naturally actually, like, you actually know that dolphins oh, have like feelings. I'm so much smarter than these silly dolphins. How dare they have friends? Yeah, but dolphins like, do. I think dolphins do have feelings. Like, they do for like, sure. Do and, like, dogs do? Have, I mean, like, the like they, they, all these animals do. So it's they, they have like real social bonds that are meaningful to that individual dog's life or yeah. that individual dolphin's it meaning, life. Yeah. It has meaning. It doesn't want to lose its friend. It wants to play all day. It wants totally. to eat all the fish so, and just so like frolic. I would say there's meaning to their life for sure. This is the tension, man. This is the tension in the deterministic universe. I'm not a fucking robot. I don't like live like I don't have free will. I live like a person because it's it's like so you, you have so, to. So therefore, your political systems, your your everything that's related to human life, uh, has to be predicated on free will. On free will. Until we have a better model, yeah, it for sure, for sure. So we it's have the to best ass- model we have. It's, Assume it's, that this person's acting like this person, and let me not. Instead of, I'm not going to introduce myself to your foot cells, 
and to your elbow cells and yeah, to your hair yeah, cells, yeah. right? I'm going to introduce myself to Psy. It's easier so, to think of you as Psy with a free conscious, <laughs> right? And you're an American and like here's all your history yeah. and here's... Well, what's so interesting is that like, you know, you we example, read all the sci-fi, read all the sci-fi that there exists. Right. It's all still about humans. Well, because we're humans. Humans want to read about humans. We yeah. don't want to read about what I cells just, are like interacting with each other. I it's, just, not, it's just yeah. not interesting. If you do, you only do it in a non-fiction. Yeah. Can you imagine a fiction that was told of perspective of cells, but like really like stripped every human quality of the writing it could out of it? And, and it was like just like, honest, like, like actually. It was just like salt hit me from the, <laughs> le the left side of my body, so I, I t changed my shape subtly. Yeah. I reformed my bonds on this side, and yeah. then this happened, and therefore this uh, my then my the sugar concentration in the blood went up, so I moved towards the the yeah. grade up the gradient yeah. towards yeah. the I, steeper concentration yeah, which of sugar. In this, which, and then this happened, and then this happened. It's the, it's not a yeah. It would be one of the most boring <laughs> books ever, and this would be completely fictional, right? You create your own little <laughs> circulatory system and your own little bloodstream. Want to be the most boring book you could write? Yeah. We don't give a fuck about life at that level. Yeah, so so go. Let's go. Let's bring it back to the economics. <coughs> The question of, I think science. I mean, I chemistry and physics have a claim, a scientific claim, provability, falsifiability, uh, and its effectiveness has been, has been demonstrated. In economic science, quote unquote. Uh, you know, in my view, it's like this. It's got some explanatory power. It has some explanatory power. The law of supply and demand is incredible. Right? If you raise, if you increase the prices of something, people will consume less of it. Almost to now, there's exceptions, right? Now, like if you increase, you know, sometimes like you create this premium product, you increase the price of an iPhone, and actually people buy more. But there's like ways to get around that by saying like actually what's happening is it's like, so funny. You brought that up. The exception. It's a different product now, and therefore you're not comparing, you know, this, the old iPhone at, a, at an increased price would, you know, would have actually actually. People would have bought less of it, but now we're on a new iPhone, so it's actually not. It's that's not the measurement. That's the measurement issue, right? I mean, there. that's like. I mean, this that's is like, like hilarious. You, know, if you study you economics, that. like this is like people. Yeah. You know, the law of demand, supply and demand, is like so foundational. But it's only measurable if you have like one village that does not change but it's, through time. It's like the Dark Ages, where you have hundreds of years go by with the same economic system. One in one era. Apples cost ten cents, and you see, and you study, and like people eat six of them each on average, and then like in the same village a hundred years later, which is for all intents and purposes the same village, right? Yeah. Apples cost fifteen cents, and you know people eat three of them each, yeah. right? And well, so like yeah, no only sense. with yeah. there's never been that condition really with the data measure, being measured, really so it's never, never been verified. The most no, basic claim has never been verified in most, that way. But it, 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 and that's, that's why I said and it's so foundational. But it is found, and it also has, but it has incredible explanatory power. If you increase the price of things, people consume less of it. But you just say, gave it a perfect example where the opposite happens, but they, that's explained because the measurement like, yeah, is exactly. bad. So it's an apples so, to oranges thing. So I'm, you know, I'm just saying, like, in which case, how could you know what the price is, is to set the iPhone at? This is this is economics. And, I know. And it's this it's just it's weird pseudoscience. Mas it's, it's philosophy masquerading as science with a lot of observational data and a lot of politics and a lot of philosophy, and, then, and it's and all mixed together. Politics comes in, and like you know. You know, people take economics and like warp it into their to fit their specific yeah. thing, whether it's free market theory or Reaganomics. So, you know, you know, they just warp it. They just fucking torque it up and create the data, and they find it, and they boom, like, look at, oh, look at, if you increase taxes, productivity goes down, but if you decrease taxes, economic output goes up. Like the Laffer curve, it's like this famous thing. It's like totally bogus, but 
you know, there's like, this is like, this is what we're working with. This yeah, is what we're working with. I know. And there's no, so I don't think there is, the claim that there's an ability to solve that, I think is, at least, let's just keep it, let's keep it. Yeah, zoom back in. Zoom back in. Yeah, we'll leave it's, the It's so useless behind. to think about as a concept because it's, whatever it is, it's way out in the future. Yeah. Um, that we're stuck with this thing is the, the human is a black hole. Well, mm, I don't want to say it's useless. Keep going. Sorry. Okay, human is a black hole. Yeah. We don't know what they want. Um, and scarcity is a factor. And we have to like weigh all these competing claims. And, and, and progress and is a factor. And there's no way to do like human studies, like this exact human environment with this policy in place. Okay, now it's the exact human policy without that policy Our in place. Our environment's changing. Every, and like yeah, everybody's, everybody's like, relationships evolving. There's like, there's cultural dynamics. Like, you know, like you feel often about like UBI. Changing. People go, we're running a UBI experiment here, and look at the results are really good. And I like listen, you have to try, by Lawrence or by one Lauren. Um, you have to try because we have to like create policy, and yeah. like you have to look at the data and try to say, oh well, this did, you know this is what economics is about. It's like doing the best you can with like limited. Yeah. Uh, that's like what all economics is: like, doing the best you can, really. Yeah. But there's no so but UBI experiments. It's like. Well, we gave these people this money, but doing and the they didn't stop working. It's like, yeah, yeah well, because they know it's an experiment. Have you thought of that? Yeah. Like, yeah. they know it's only for a couple of years, so they're yeah. just going to pocket this money and keep their job. Why would they quit their job? They're yeah. going to have to start working again. You know, it's like, obviously, you know, they're like, well, we, UBI studies have shown. It's like, so it's just totally so delusional to think that you can. Give, so, well, so give it, well, okay, finish. Let me finish. Let me, let me, yeah. let me finish. Given the nature, the in, you know, insolvability of, of this human dynamic here, Good economics, number one, has is hum humble, in infinite humility, in the sense of this, you know, the Hausman style, where she uh, narrow claims, this is what I can explain, this is what I can't explain, without taking that, that what's that leap from uh, normative to positive, like taking statements, like about now making value claims, judgment yeah, claims, yeah. political claims. Um, I think that's one thing. And then the second thing is, given that economics cannot can create data, it can give you observations, it can it can help you, it can arm you with information, but it cannot tell you uh, what what the value judgment should be. Just yeah. like science can. Yeah. Like, you know, science can't give you value judgments, it can only tell you facts. And so I always say, economic you have to go back to philosophy. You have to come back to like this bogus moral philosophizing. Right. And this like right. this modeling, this ideas of supply and demand. Yeah, these like I agree. you know, free market economics is really predicated on like a bunch of philosophical claims that Adam Smith made. Yeah. And a few other people have like built on, but by and large it's the same shit that Adam Smith cooked up because that's what at the end of the day we're, we're working with humans and like this like literary, like humanistic approach is what we have to live in. Science Data, cool. It's good facts. It's good. It can arm us. It can help us. Technology can help us. But we have to live in the, the humanistic world in which we, we maybe we make believe that free will is a thing. Maybe we make believe that meaning, but we have to. And that's the only way to to try to exist outside of that and try to make policy and like organizing decisions outside of that, or to presume, or to like walk around like as if you're not. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I'm using science. This is why we should do it. It's like no, science has nothing to say. See, all right, so, all right, that's such a, that's the hottest of takes. <coughs> Thinking that science has nothing to say. Actually, it's, not that, say. it's not that uh, hot not, of a take, but I would, I would just push back subtly, or not subtly, in, softly. there's some way, softly, right? I, I agree with the bulk of what you're saying, 100%, that there's not a, because science can't really tell you whether we should, science can't at this time, 
say, for instance, like um, whether abortion is ethical. Like it's hard to really, I mean, but you pull science, you use science as a tool to, to inform those ethical say, debates like, about like when life starts, yeah, right? Or, like you measure, like, so science can tell you, well, the heartbeat starts at this week, yeah. nervous system comes at this week, you know, it probably is starting to think about, right like, medical here. conditions, like, oh, this, this woman is in danger of, yeah. you know, like, you know. And then that like that arms, that should arm the ethical discussion, right? But it's not going to solve it. It's not going to solve it. It'll just give you the details. this case a bit more clear. It'll refine the ethical decision, though. But you're never going to solve that. It's never going to, it's not going to get over the hump and tell you what's right and what's wrong in that space. privilege of your, you know, right to yourself versus the right to life. Like, this is, like, something that cannot be. Again, until you're at, like, a mythological model that can model every ethical choice. Yeah, that's right. I like that approach to it, which is, it's mythological. Yeah, it's a mythological model. It's utopian. Yeah, yeah. So, Without that, you're right, and I agree for the large. And so that's why it's like. But I will okay. say this, like you know, and this is you know sort of a Sam Harris point, unfortunately. Okay. unfortunately but he. Why well, you're, you're anti Sam Harris now? I love it. I know I am, but I do. I'm I pro do. Sam Harris now. We put. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. He's fine, man. He's, he's just. He's just, you, just, you, just, you, just, you, just you just. had the hangover right now. You're in the hangover phase. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. It he's was just, the honeymoon, and then all of a sudden you're kind of like. Oh. I like his content, and I like the issues he talks about. I just don't. He, he's just kind you of. Don't be a Sam, you don't want to be a Sam Harris person. No, he's kind of. He's just always like complaining about himself. He's always just like. Dude, yeah. but, but I do still, like his 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 sort of moral philosophy, actually, where he he sort of pitches that science has a much larger role than you would probably think. Where yeah. you know you can science can sort of evaluate some aspects of the human condition like you're in pain versus you're not and that you know we can understand that all life wants to avoid pain and like so well that's you not, should, yeah well it's complicated that's a complicated sure claim it's a complicated claim but like put myself in pain. yeah but ultimately for a greater pleasure right like they're you're doing like it's rare that you're just doing some like purely pain-seeking activity we normally well, we generally consider that to be a neurosis of some sort right if you're just looking for pain and with no ultimate pleasure whether it's like a Satisfaction that your body is healthy, longevity, or like, some, you know, like, like sexual, like, you know, like all sorts of sexual fitness, shit. yeah, yeah, all that shit, right? Like, so for in any case, you can use science to be like, oh, well, animals sh like avoiding pain and suffering more generally. When yeah. you're a more complex animal, you can use a word like suffering, yeah. like emotional suffering, psychological suffering. Yeah. These are unequivocally bad. I suffering. think science can like well, point to them that. and say that they are bad for the individuals involved. I would see. I would say suffering is actually quite. Quite a good can be a very positive. depends on what degree of suffering we're talking like, about, but there are like, certain you know, like, levels where you would say saying, like, he I always did. All right, now you're making me literally make the Sam Harris argument. Well, he'll he'll go to like extremes of okay. like imagine a universe where everyone is receiving the most intense and like customized like form of suffering for their like Specific so it's the, yeah and it's like that's the worst hell imaginable. From there, you can go to different. You can imagine and theoretically. Well, I would say I would, I would I would disagree with that point. I don't think Sam Harris was. Disagree with that, but yeah, sure. That that world exists or could exist or what? I, I that there are society. I mean, think about at a society the level. There's like, where's there's some societies where people are suffering. There's some you would. I mean, I would, I would not imagine that you would make the claim that ever. There's no way to say that like it's worse to be a Uyghur or it's better to be a Uyghur in China than it is to be you, right? Like no. you can make some value judgment there, right? Totally. And that's based on like an understanding of suffering yeah, and suffering, and yeah. flourishing, yeah. right? You're, like you're like, flourishing like, to a greater extent than they are. There's all these concepts mixed in of like virtue and... Of course, yeah. And so when you get into like, we were talking at work about like whether it's better to have a culture based on harmony versus one on individual freedom. Yeah. So I don't know if science can answer that question. And Sam Harris would say there's multiple peaks to human societies and human experience and there's multiple valleys. Right where there's human suffering at like various forms and flavors, and some peaks are better than some valleys, 
Uh, some peaks are better than other peaks, but generally it's like you don't know where the global maximum for flourishing is, but you can see a bunch of local maxima, right? Like it's, you can have a really happy and content life and living in feudal Japan, yeah. right? I mean, I think, you know, but... Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, and uh, you can have like wonderful civilizational flourishing, like, you know, artistic accomplishment under the Soviet Union. Like, you know, like, yeah. like, you know, like incredible artistic accomplishment coming out of the suffering of, the, you know, Alexander Solstein, Solstein, like his novels that he created as a result, you know, it may be the fact that all the human suffering that went through the USSR was worth it. If those, if those novels propelled, you know, the human understanding of what is right and what is wrong for the next 10,000 years. Like, so, I, know, like some butterfly effect shit. Yeah. Like, like I, the production I, of that I, art I, is more <laughs> valuable than the people I, who suffered under that political system. Yeah, I mean, I, because, that, because of the, the, the yeah. 10,000 years of, of civilization that gets, you know, could, could conceivably be like, predicated off that. Obviously, that, yeah, that has not happened in Russia. But, yeah. but um, it's, you know, who knows? But I, I, I think there's like kind of a... So you, you approach all of this with like a, a simple like humility of like, I can't predict anything. Um, we don't know which societies... We, you know, I guess you would say we know some societies... I have to, are, make, I have to make like these judgments on like... Because I'm just wondering where you personally are at on this. Because I actually don't know. You know, we've talked about a lot of different random heady sort of arguments about like determinism yeah. versus like, yeah. you know, whatever. Well, I, was, but... I don't. I live in this world where, like, I have like. You just you know, embrace the paradox. Personally, it's like this. Like, you know, for me, like, we're getting into like personal things. Now, like, I suffer like crushing bouts of like depression around, uh, you know, the world meaning nothing, and then and I have to choose what shoes I'm going to wear today, and you know, who the fuck cares? Well, I, I go to the shoe store. I'm like, well, I need a new pair of shoes. Well, these shoes you know, make me look like this, and these shoes make me look like this, and it becomes this existential question, because all of a sudden I paint these identities onto these shoes, and it's like, yeah. and I know neither one, nothing, none of it matters, the whole thing is fake, whether I go this way with my personal identity, and I, I kind of craft this set of outfits, and I live this life based on that, or this set of outfits, and this life based on this kind of lifestyle, and who I am as a personal identity, and I can, or I got all sorts of paths of personal identity, and paths of life to take, and none of them mean anything, and there's no good way to know the difference between all of them. And therefore, yeah. why the fuck? And meanwhile, I still feel like shit. And I, like, you know, I have like all these like emotional things that I still feel like, but I know they're all fake. It's like, ah, that is really painful. You think, yeah, <laughs> that's painful. So then I go, okay, wait a second. Whoa, calm the fuck down. I get out of that. You know, have a drink, take a nap, feel a little bit better, smoke a cigarette. You know, yeah, like sometimes yeah. that helps. Well, <laughs> um, but you have. So then, yeah, so then you say, okay, put that aside, box that off. I gotta craft something, and I have to craft both the personal mo model and a model for humanity if I want to make any claims. And I gotta if find. You a, just live I, have to, I have to find a source for that. Yeah. I have to find a place where I can, you know, and I and, and kind of like, you know, this, this, this the logic. I mean, I grew up fetish, fetishizing logic is like the supreme good, um, but it's kind of useless, really. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, all logic gets you is cause and effect, and we know that's useless. So, yeah. okay, I'm going to go ahead and throw logic out the window and reason backwards. And the, the backward reasoning is this. I have to persist. I'm persisting, and by that's the conclusion. The conclusion, you start with the conclusion, and you yeah. you actually work your way backwards. Yeah. Totally, in, in the face of all logic, your premises don't lead to your conclusion. You start with the conclusion, we're alive, we're here. And I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to make shit up to justify it. And yeah. I, and, and, yeah. And if that's, you know, if that's free will... If that's religion, if that's I have meaning, if that's your uh, career, yeah, you know, your what, family, whatever, you know, all these fake things that, you know, on any kind of one. So, 
I, w- I would say, let me say, because this is, uh, I, what I, again, just to go to refine the Camus thing, because yeah. I just love, I love that, I love him so much. I love yeah. his theory on Isaac so much, right? But and his, he loves what you're describing. You describe both ends, the crazy existential shit, and then the personal, very rich, like, lived moment, the present, when you're present in a room, right? And you're just communing with all the other people in the room, and you're just being like... And, like, life is just in its... Like beautiful richness, right yeah. and it's richness right and there's a tension between those two realities or two like mental models right and that tension is actually worth living in a oh, little bit that tension is, is like life. and it's really funny right yeah. and you can actually appreciate so you don't have to live in the existential shit yeah. but what you well, you, you can, can inject a if little you live bit in the existential shit you're going to jump off the bridge yeah you're exactly done. yeah that's, exactly there's no that's like, the only but conclusion. what's fun is to grab from that existential world Grab a little bit of, hey, the rules don't matter, yeah. actually. Grab a little bit of that injected into your life here yeah. and there. And just like, it brings a level of silliness to your existence, right? Where and, you can. And carefree and, and, and like, and also, you know, like, I, you know, I, I think, think it's artistically, used, it's, it's crucial for the artistic pursuit of, you know, being like. It's I'm, freeing I can in a way. My own self. Because, I can my own self. yeah, because yeah. one thing you're not mentioning about like the lived experience yeah. or the present day experience that is like a lot of people are really stressed in that state, right? They're worrying about like, I gotta go here, I gotta do this my errand, I gotta go this, this job, I gotta do like, this, this, this holiday's coming up, I gotta buy Culture, these gifts, yeah, I, gotta I got keep my up bills. With the Joneses. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't, I'm trying to save up for this new car payment, yeah, I yeah. gotta pay off my student loans, right? It's like that's the lived experience for most people. So, like, a little bit of, of, you know, hey, none of that shit's actually shouldn't. Don't let it weigh you down yeah. because, that's, like, that's one way a really or, good point. Yeah. one way or another, like those loans will get paid, yeah. right? Or you'll die. Yeah. At the end of the day, and nobody and, cares. And no one cares, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody yeah. ever cared. Yeah, because like, if you live to be 85, 90, and you still got a thousand dollars of your student <laughs> loan, fuck them. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like who cares? Yeah. You're, guess what? When you passed away, your number was negative. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it. Like it's fun to just like take a little bit of it, but yeah. you don't want to live in that space because I, then life is meaningless, right? Right? Like you're saying, and you, yeah, yeah. And you need you need the the human side of life as well. I think I think people get into trouble if they if they try to create political and moral claims. I believe this uh, in that in 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 that realm without without living in the human realm. And for me, yeah. and so I you know I've kind of like taken this bout you know this pivot where I'm a total reactionary. Yeah. Um, you know, against all things scientific and contemporary and, and, and you know whatever yeah um as you know it's, it's a personal thing you know really it started it's you know it, it, it's ended up political or whatever but it, for me it starts start, starts you know personally and then it you know evolves political um and you know kind of into broader claims about the way the world is or where it ought to be but uh i think i think that tension is really you know civilizationally this is like you know what we're working through right now and I think, you know, it, you can get into the pra- any practical question, you start the pra- any practical political question, but like fundamental, fundamentally, how do we organize Yeah. in, a, in, this, in this new era in which uh, we're so, and not only, you know, human life is conscious, but we're conscious of our own, because of the advance, I mean, I think really like um, the, the postmodern, like the kind of the, the we're all postmodernists now, like everybody's a postmodernist yeah. now. Even yeah. the conservatives are postmodernists yeah. now. Yeah. Everybody's a po- it's like yeah, it's here. It's, it's arrived and it's here and there's nowhere else to, to be. And I think it's done this huge thing where um, it's everybody, every idea, every ideology, ideology, anything, everything is subjective, and we all know it's subjective. 
and it's everybody's aware, everybody knows. I mean, you know, there's some people still parading around. I mean, I think obviously political politics goes on, and you know, Bernie's convinced <laughs> of his own yeah. righteousness, of yeah. course. And as well, I think so it's so, if you talk to any you know yeah. person with any anybody, everybody's still yeah. convinced of their righteousness because because. But I think in general, like there's like this like feeling that, and there's we're in this moment where, uh, it, you know, the postmodern. You know, the subjectiveness of all existence is like really hollowed out the foundations for yeah by like, which we organize, and we have to figure out a way to reorg. Like, I think it goes back to something we talked about before, where like life is just changing so fast. Society seems to be changing so fast. Our tech, our products, our like our everything about being a human is different one generation to the next now. Yeah, and you like for thousands of years, like. I would do what my dad did, yeah. right? And my son would do what I did, and his son would do what I, what, you know, what I did, and that was like really so life. Safco, yeah. yeah. Safco is actually just means they they uh, they go to safe, you know, Safeway. That's what they yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Taylor, That's you know, yeah. like only last name. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like why is why is your last name? Yeah, well, so they're, like they're, now they're the Taylors, and they're, you know, they're the Smiths. And now every generation <laughs> is different. Every like, so you, of course, like everyone's a little postmodern now. Of course, everyone's like, yeah. there's no right and wrong, really, yeah. right? Like there is right knows, and wrong, but like at the there's no capital R. Yeah. Right? That's how everyone's acting now, and yeah. it's because it's like, well, you know, like oh, I don't like that the government's spying. I mean, it's like all governments are spying on yeah. all of and us. Like what other you know, and the companies are all spying. What do you think? happen like this is the only way this yeah, I think it's like this like this resignation it's this like action, yeah right? it's just like an apathy of like yeah you know what like yeah I guess we shouldn't invade but you know if we don't then Russia's gonna invade or like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like we're all invading it's someone like, why are you right? selling arms like, to the Saudis well someone's like, gonna sell arms to the Saudis yeah yeah man. <laughs> might as well be our job yeah and everyone's just like laughing and now like the internet has just brought the yeah, memes the memes, the and memes and with the combination it. of memes and also just like the, the obviousness of our relativity is so more clear like yeah, you know, it's like the sub the subject our subjectiveness is so apparent now because we can see other people's perspectives and worlds. And yeah, more clearly. So clearly. Yeah, that's what like, the internet has given us. It's like giving you. And so yeah, yeah, it's like explosion of subjectivity. Yeah, I think that's partially why postmodern like that has been. It was kind of existing, and all of a sudden, it, when the internet came, it just it became the dominant because of that, and it's like it's empirical evidence to some. You know what's also growing is not just like because memes are like the chaotic, like, that postmodern shit is, like, everything's subjective, nothing's really got, like, any inherent meaning to yeah. it, right? And, yeah. like, you know, everything's relative, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's, like, I think you're 100% right, that's grown. We've seen a lot more of that. It's, yeah. like, a big part of, like, meme culture and, like, the internet, like, culture right now. Yeah. It, but there's also the hive mind shit that's also grown at a similar pace, right? So you've what both you, got, like, what, what do you What do you describe as uh, I mean, I'm thinking about, like, culture like there's certain things that like you know I mean you could I don't want to not go in the full like oh lefties are like dominating the, the culture or yeah, whatever yeah. but there are certain like there's like a, our culture is also stronger and more monolithic now so you have a growth of like a monolithic like this is really right, this is wrong I think so yeah I feel, I feel like it's fracturing. I think like the mob it is fracturing yeah you know what you're right it's just like there isn't I guess what I'm getting at is there is an internet hive mind as well yeah. well right? it's like this like it's like it's almost like there's like but this it's like sense of righteousness. Of, it's like, like the like echoes of a past yeah. generation almost. Yeah. Well, there's like this like everybody knows it it's fake. It's everybody in their little. It's all subjective. Everybody knows it's, and it's within your section, subjective viewpoint where you've got a few people that agree with you. You are more righteous than ever before. Yeah, it's you're, like, you're with like your subjective bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the people of their society down. Yeah. To and like, you've got your five people that all have the same views, and you're like. 
you know, March. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, it's like, because there is that increasing sense of, like, there's no humility. Humility is such a, like... Yeah, humility's gone. Yeah, like, yeah. As, a, as a cultural virtue, like, rip in peace, right? Like, um, it's totally, it's, you know, it's like a loser's game to be humble, quite frankly, politically, you know, from an academic career, any, any, any and everything. Um, it's a shame, too, because that's, like, you know, some old-school Socrates shit, like, why this man in the world would be the one who admits he knows nothing. Yeah, right, like, yeah, yeah. That's why, yeah. Yeah, lol. Like, <laughs> that's not going to cut it these days. <laughs> You're not going to get any clicks like that. Yeah. You, you, have to pick a, you have to pick a subjective take and then drive that take hard <laughs> yeah, in one direction. Slam it, yeah. Yeah, God forbid you change your mind. And take it thing. all the way and say, this, <laughs> is this a war? <laughs> you know, that's the only way to drive clicks. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I mean, obviously not, because there's obviously a lot of people doing interesting things, but it's totally, it seems to be on the fringe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I get concerned civilizationally. I'm like, that's where my political, I, I have the luxury of being um, well off. And so the, in the near-term justice issues don't press on me as much as, you know, intellect, you know from an interest standpoint, I guess. Like, I get, I get worked up about, yeah. you know, the arc of our civilization, right? Like... You know, I I. That's a fun there's this book thing. I've read called yeah. um. It's called the Canticle, a Canticle for Leibowitz, by Arthur Miller, written in like the fifties or sixties. Science, kind of like, I guess science fiction, but really it's not sciencey. It's more like speculative fiction, I guess you'd call it. But um, basically the premise is it's a, it's a story of this monk in a post post nuclear holocaust dystopian post like simplification of everything. All the books have been burned. And it's like this, these monks in this little monastery, and they're, they've got some like Bibles and some like technical documents that they're preserving. And it's the story of like over th over a thousand years of this of this monastery of monks preserving this knowledge, and then like and like the rest of culture. A thousand slowly, years. Yeah, so it's three parts. It's like kind of like total post-apocalyptia. Then there's like the next section is the monastery where like civilization is starting to rise again. It's kind of like medieval or like kind of akin to like maybe. 1600s era style level of advancement. So there's a story arc there of a different monk, but in the same monastery. And then there's like society has rebuilt itself. Hell and yeah. it's, ten th it's another thousand years down the road, and now we're going to the moon again. And, and, we'll come back. and then at the end of the book, they launch the nukes again, and it happens all over again. No! So it's just, it's, it's a totally awesome book. I highly recommend it. But wow. um, it resonates with me because I think, you know, there's like this idea that. I think we take... That's like Hindu-level creation destruction. That's really beautiful. Totally. And uh, I think about our political <coughs> thinking. I mean, I'm like thinking like the last 250 years are a blip. They're a total aberration. Total aberration. There's no reason to take for granted, you know, how far we're... You think we're, we're coming full circle? I, you know, I don't... I think we're ascending. I totally... I mean, I, I want to ascend... I think the, we hit escape velocity. I mean, maybe, but like we've never bombed ourselves back. That was peak Cold War, right? Dude, That's I where mean, you live and breathe. But, I, I, I but like, you gotta get out of the fifties, dude. But, you gotta stop reading fifties perspectives. Like we live in twenty nineteen. But don't you are you afraid of the nukes going off? Yeah, I mean, if the nukes go off, then yeah, that shit's gonna I'm happen. I'm afraid, dude. It's true. It's for sure a risk, and it's I, one I feel that like, like we've forgotten about this risk. I feel like we like it's my. It's honestly my dad's biggest issue. It's something that like he's concerned about the most. Is it's like the nukes going off. The nukes going off. Yeah, because like, that's existential. That's like you know, you're like like what you're saying, what you're describing. We gotta like start the over. The, Ameri like, and I, I, the end of the American Republic, 
and the end of like like it's just like yeah and I, like, just, and I just like, like, what? Like, we, we wear where we grind so hard and we like you know simple Civilization is like this thin veneer of civilization, and I like. The let, let me put a pin in this because this in this fifties mindset for a sec yeah. because there you you actually mentioned something that I thought was really it was really great the way you said it like the fact that you're in this privileged position that you can think about civilizational problems yeah. that you're not, you're less concerned about present day justice and more concerned about the time horizon problems the like if you stretch out timeline this well, far it's almost eventual like, you know, i'm always like well dude, i don't want to set this precedent up for like right right because you're, you're thinking you're thinking, thinking on a like, longer timeline i almost feel like you know what what we're seeing right now in 2019 right and a lot of like the you know sjw's if you want to call them the yeah. people who are focusing on like the most pressing like pushing the needle on like the civil issues right and on yeah. the present day justice issues yeah. and saying like this demands the most amount of focus not that far away shit yeah. not the existential shit I think it's just important to note that like there are a lot of people who can't have this this conversation, right? And like don't have the opportunity to like think about issues totally. at this scale, right? Totally. And not only that, if we I were totally, totally. I think that's why I, right? that's why I, I know that's why you said that. it. I know you led with that and that's really that's why I thought it was really great that you led with that because yeah. that's really important acknowledgement that there's a ton of people out there who can't think about exist they can't think about liberalism yeah. with a capital L. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like they can't think and the about the project like, of American democracy. They can't think yeah. about that shit. And right and so I think there's an argument to be made that until we actually like really dive into the present and just like you were saying on the human perspective of like you can think existential or you can think about the present day. Well the present day there's a lot of people suffering right now. And maybe you and I are just like, you know, masturbating intellectually with this like you know, this little podcast we're talking about, yeah, like what, what building human models and everything. Totally it, indulgent. Totally it's totally, indulgent. totally indulgent. Totally indulgent when it's like there's real shit, there's real problems we could be fixing right now. Yeah. Right? There's problems in the present day, but we're more concerned about the human project as if we have a role, like <laughs> yeah. Ozymandia style. Yeah, like yeah, we're going to totally, build this totally empire Ozymandia. that's going to last like forever. Great reference. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's just hilarious in the context of like but, actual present day suffering. But yeah, of course. And anyway, oh, and the last point is. To tie back to the 50s thing, it's like, yeah, if you were to, there's probably an argument to be made that if you fix those issues, if you fix the issues of the present day, some of those longer term issues that you're worried about are going to just naturally evaporate, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do think, you know, this perspective, this kind of like, and I think it's humanistic, I think is what my perspective is here. It's like this like appreciation for the problem of the, you know, human problem, the human condition, human, you know, like this is like, and how do we organize ourselves and what principles will create a stable uh, you know nation yeah or stable world order order yeah also those if a stable a continuation of today's world order more or less is is the basic premise of all human progress and all future justice right you know more or less I, I mean that's I, I'll give you lots of room to be and it's in, and it's in the world order but like it's you know, or, and the predicate and and the, and the the quality of life and the justice of people living in this nation is largely predicated on the continued peaceful existence of the United States of America. You know, if it if it decays in the Civil War or God knows what, <coughs> all those gains, fucking huck them out the window. Yeah, huck them out the window. And so, uh, I do think there is a a role for an intellectual role, a political role for What's people it? saying. Let's think about this structurally, and let's make sure we um, do not take for granted the systems that work. And we're and that doesn't mean we can't make change. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't not to suggest that there's not room for change, not room for reform. 
that was for progress. Just recognizing that we're at a peak of human flourishing. And like, like you know, it's like even it's like you, yeah. you know when you look at the stock market, it goes up for like yeah, two hundred years straight. That's what the human flourishing arrow is doing yeah. too. You yeah. know, it's like look at the stock market. If the stock market had gone up for two hundred years straight, you'd probably be like, "Yo, guys, let's not. It's not a good time to buy. <laughs> you know, it's not a good yeah. time, right? Like so, and from a human flourishing point, that's where we are. We it's worked really well for two hundred years. It's a and civilization. Yeah, we've gotten better Civil, at it year over year, and, and America and the last fifty and Western and the last 50 years is, is, is probably is, the, it's accelerating. It's accelerating. Like you know, yeah. our concepts of justice, our under, our moral like our moral qualities, I think, are improved. Which is funny when we couple that with like what we were just talking about—the rise in the postmodern subject embrace of subjectivity—has also seems to be coinciding with like greater human flourishing. More equality, yeah. but it's also like, like it's like it's prosperity. also like ratcheting up this like there's like this like it's ratcheting up the tension between between like ideas. <laughs> yeah, it's and like it's, and the, between groups and between, between like, yeah and allocations yeah. and like conversations that the like heat is turned up. Yeah, it's like we're we're boiling in the water with just like these ideas are just like frothing and like slamming into each other. And like, dude, it's people like, getting angry. If it like. So you're worried about it boiling over. You're worried about it boiling over and then we're erasing some of the progress we've made. We shouldn't take for granted the gains we've made and we should recognize some like, and, like traditions to, like, try, yeah, try, that try have helped about, us in that path. Yeah, think about this. We like, should learn from some of the successful ideas we've incorporated, like, you know, maybe liberalism is one of those ideas, right? Yeah, like maybe. the idea of like human equality and justice yeah. And, and, and yeah, and like, and, you know, the principles of, uh, you know, I would say like federalism. So really that, you know, that bit push back on all you want, but I mean, I'm happy to debate it, but like, that's an idea. That's like a political idea. That, like, it was born and it's been really successful in this country. It's also been very successful in other countries. And like, we try to like help it, we use it as a, t- a rule for like. Why don't you elaborate? Because I think a lot of people don't understand federalism the way you do. So, why don't you describe <laughs> federalism at a high level and then explain like. Okay, so fe- I'd say federalism is, is at a very. My view of it, and of course, I haven't studied anything to see. No, no, but just I'm, like the, just my like claim the basic, is, yeah, the basic idea, like it's like decentralization. Explain like I'm five, yeah. Decentralization, decentralization is the exactly. primary idea, and the, and federalism is the idea that okay, to each their own in some sense. Like yeah. each little small area will govern itself within some self-defined self or yeah, and and, and they're going to govern themselves, and then and every unit will govern themselves more locally, and then. All together, we'll all come together on only a few major issues that require collective that, action that require at, that collective scale. at that scale, where right. where appropriate. But so both, yeah, so, so like you yeah. know, in a perfect federal America today, you know, the vast majority of things we talk about politically would be handled at the state and local level, um, ex- with the ex- exception of foreign policy, of course, and foreign trade policy, foreign and all that stuff. And I would put um defense and, yeah and I throw defense in there uh, climate and, yeah. and then I would say climate would be a great example of something else that might, would make sense and also what about know, economic and monetary policy yeah and maybe monetary policy could work there um, do but you I believe feel that like, we need monetary policy uh, well, are I you think, an end the Fed guy no 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 I, I think that's um that's a whole other argument and I don't I'm not equipped to, to debate it but uh I'm not de- I'm not equipped to ask it really yeah but I mean it is arguments I generally speaking it's worked fairly well and I don't think it's the end of the world yeah. I don't think the Fed today it's just interesting to me that when you know when i'm thinking so about I just think like that's worked really well the point yeah, is federalism and there's a lot well. of like things that like yeah. po- democracy is just like really hard thing yeah and traditionally has not worked so you think coupled with federalism you, because you local, you know, locally you're working with people you know uh, a local uh, shared uh, ethos uh, yeah a local um, representative is more accountable <coughs> to you right they represent a smaller slice of people there's like more direct action you can take like local politics works better than 
higher level politics where like my my voice at the national level is nothing. Where my voice at the state level and the local level is actually pretty significant. So now you, you can and so like yeah. democracy is more effective at smaller scales. That's a that's a well known fact. And um well let me just say because you like you thought you're gonna put me in some box that this on this conversation. Well, so but I, I don't want I don't want to pitch federalism necessarily as like this is the end all be all but I just wanted to say like that's an idea that worked that's worked. Okay. And like we need to like take we shouldn't take for granted that the gains we have today, like, people are like, oh, federalism is this old, stupid idea where they found those idiotic, walls, national politics, F for the win, let's go. And, and I'm, I really just go like, you know, I think you're taking for granted how much what we have today might be because of these, some of these old ideas. Yeah. Uh, and we need to make, we need to think about them rigorously and like try to incorporate the, the benefits of them into our, in our continued policy discussions. So... And Do you think like, federalism may or may not be one of those ideas? I'm just thinking it's an example of an idea that. Do you, you think if you were born in the 1700s, you would have defended the King George? I have no idea. Oh, with this, with this philosophy? No, not with full. I mean, well, with well, this like this kind of style. Of yeah, like, this like what? Look, this has worked for yeah, so long. Yeah, we're totally, at a peak of human totally, flourishing. Yeah, totally, totally. Why would we, why yeah, should we? You yeah. want to you want to break I mean, apart I mean, our, our, our government? That, yeah, and like also like I mean I think the really kind of more more immediate and more concerning one is. Civil rights, right? Yeah. Like, where you know, take this and put me there. Am I go, Am I just gonna be the guy going, Yo, I'm okay, chill. Like, yeah. pay, have some patience. Yeah. And like, you know, I read the letter from Birmingham Jail, and it's devastating. And yeah. it's 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 it's. I mean, I, every it's just devastating. And so I hope that like sure. I would have read that then and been like, Yeah. Equal, but that's right. I, that's I think I like, have to. I have to. I, you know, I have to rationalize that. And my reactionary tendencies, I have to like. You just have to I, check, you just have to keep an eye on them. That's I all mean, it totally. is. Totally, and I think you're because right. you just have to balance it out, right? That's the whole name of the game. Is that there's no you have to you be humble progress. in your you need progress. You have to be humble in your mental models, right? Yeah. You can't you can't just come into any argument being like I'm always going to argue from what was before, <laughs> yeah. right? Just like you can't argue that like every p past idea was was incorrect, yeah. right? Yeah. I think you do. It's I think the and challenge in the way they correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the challenge in 2019 is like you know we've seen so many different ideas. We've seen we so many different. We know, so yeah, yeah, we know they're all they're all successful and failure failures depending on what you're measuring, and right? It all doesn't matter. So how do we blend all of these together? Yeah. And that's what we've done. You know, whether it's in, some of it's intentional, some of it's accidental, but yeah. we've blended we a, a, a bunch of these ideas together. And yeah, and you got and 2019 America, and we're here fighting so over and it's very, it's very. I mean, like if this was the is this is this way you we're having was the political tenor. You know, this is what we we're talking about, and this is how you know we'd be fine. But you, this this conversation is. I mean, I don't know if it ever was, but it certainly is not the way that uh, anybody is thinking about politics these days. I think as long as you've had like privileged people, you've had people in cafes arguing about how society should organize itself. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, I think that federalism is uh, the best way we should organize ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, of course. And there's always, I mean, I, and then that goes directly against what I always say too. This time isn't different. Uh, so I'm arguing against myself. It's all you gotta embrace the paradox. Everything's gotta, a paradox. Every totally. time you like pick a lane, as soon as I'm like, everything's cause and effect. Everything's determinist. Yeah, it's like, like, okay, well, how do you operate in the world? It's like, yeah, it's okay, well, then I throw all that shit out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? And then sense. I just try to live in the now, you know? Yeah, and then it's like, well, that's completely <laughs> idiotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah then you're so, just gonna, you're gonna oh, just, wait, whoa, cool, delusional. Like, cool, yeah, ignorance is bliss, dude. Sweet, yeah, cool idea. You might as well like go to church. <laughs> as a Sorry to all the church goes out there. I'm I'm standing with you too. Um, 
whatever. So everyone, well, I mean, what's the Russ Roberts line, right? Tie it back. It's like everyone prays to something. Yeah. It's actually Russ quoting, I think David Foster Wallace. Yeah, it's like everyone prays. has a church. Everyone has a god. Everyone's praying to some. some yeah, god. that's exactly. It's right. just a matter that's of like, I'm, who yeah. is your god? What what god are you praying yeah, to? We can, you know, when uh, yeah, so you praying to the god of modernity or the god of Abraham or you know whatever science or the god of fashion or you know whatever you want to do, you know, some god cool. of Instagram, god of social media points. Everybody, some people are doing it for the gram, both practically and as a lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, I think well, you want to outro us? Yeah, we need an outro. Outro. Yeah. Episode three is in the books. Pretty good. How long do we go for? Uh, oh, it's not even hooked up. Buck 20. Oh, uh, it's like partially hooked up. Partially hooked up. Um, buck 20, that's not bad. That was a good one. Yeah, that was like... That was big picture. We zoomed out that it one. Was, yeah, we zoomed out. That's good because now I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull shit from this conversation the okay, rest what, of the time because this is like. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure need an outro. For sure need an outro. Yeah, but these are like the ideas. So I'm always like thinking about shit at like, I try to like whenever I'm thinking about a political decision, yeah. like, you know, we were talking about uh, Syria. Yeah, we were talking about Syria last week. Like whenever I'm thinking about a decision like that. I'm trying to think about it in the geopolitical, you know, Civ Five style. Moving pieces, yeah. allies. But then enemies. I also try to think of it from the existential perspective. Yeah. And they don't tie out. There's no way to tie, there's no way to tie it all out. Yeah, I try to think about it from the, you know, which who do who are we to say which society is right and wrong? Yeah. The postmodern shit. Yeah, like it doesn't get you any really. But you, yeah, you know, I have my own Judeo-Christian ethics I was raised in, and right? It's, and like, like, it's like you're a fish in water. You don't know any, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like. Trying to make sense of any of the stuff that's going on in life is is just impossible. But I always find it. I think it's kind of fun to like jump between different perspectives, and I think that's like part of what I enjoy about each and every day that I'm like I wake up and walk around out here, whether I'm going to work or whether it's the weekend and I'm chilling. Like I'm always. I just think about like evaluating my environment in all these different ways, and that brings me a little like, bit of joy like, every day. Like personal life. Yeah, there's a personal, I get some fulfillment well, out of that. I had a great weekend. I went down to Maryland and I saw- Hell yeah, Maryland. In Annapolis, shout out to, shout out to Annapolis. Shout out to Annapolis. And anybody who's down, any of our listeners, big audience out there I know, uh, who should go to Annapolis and see the Shakespeare company there. Doing oh yeah, you I saw, saw Hamlet. Hamlet. Fuck yeah! Oh my god. Was it good? It was yeah. incredible. And right. you, know, you know, Hamlet, you know, I'm he out to me like, he, 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 he he covered everything we talked about today. Yeah. Let's put it like that. Yeah, like, dude. Know, yeah. So, uh, Shakespeare wasn't playing. It was he wasn't incredible, playing. and it was like moving. And here I am, the whole train ride up today on the on the Amtrak, just like thinking about all these things that I normally think about, but now through the lens of Hamlet. And it's like I just got so excited about like the possibilities of the world know. is a stage. That's yeah. from Hamlet, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's from Shakespeare, but that's I, don't, from I don't think that's maybe from, that's not from. I don't right. think that's from yeah, Hamlet. Okay. Okay. But uh, what's know. the big Hamlet theme? Like, I because I, I read that in high school, but I haven't. Well, spent any time with synopsis it synopsis is Hamlet um, dealing with the death of his father yeah king there's a usurper like Claudius or something Claudius is the usurper Claudius. king and he's oh, married he's his mother and he's having this crisis about his identity right or no? well yeah living up to his father's wishes you know like honor and nobility whether it is nobler to suffer something 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 or or whatever you know so it's this like existential you know identity issue and it's all you know it's all like questions of like pre-accidental. I mean, that's like 1400s, 1300s, right? Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. It's, it's all, it's all, all every, this time is nothing new. Yeah, nothing new under the sun. They've been dealing with this forever. Yeah, and it, even then, Shakespeare was just like regurgitating old shit. Yeah. And it's like doing it better. Um, but yeah, totally, 
totally just moving. And you know, I also have never really seen it live, but I've never seen not real recommended. Shakespeare like, live. I was like three yeah. feet away from this guy. I like when, when he's freaking out. One of his things, he's freaking out. Yeah. He, I can see the spit come from the actor of Hamlet's mouth. Like yeah. you know, he's, he's like, you know, and it's just like it was so moving. Yeah. Cannot. I've never seen. I think I don't think I've ever seen a Shakespeare play live. I've seen some plays live, and when yeah, when it's a good dramatic performance, like. It's really like take your fucking movie and, and just it. yeah get rid of get <laughs> out yeah, throw it out. This. There was yeah. no special effects on the stage. It was just a yeah, stage. It's just like humans and just and, like and human drama just, distilled down yeah. to like and it's and it's Shakespeare. So it's the best. I mean, it's, it's, the know, it's not like yeah. he is the one true goat. The that's Tom the, Brady of playwrights. That's the official literary criticism. They actually say that the He's one the, the one true goat. The one true goat. You know, for anybody out there who doesn't know, that's one true greatest of all time. We have a you know wide audience, so some people don't know. Yeah, we have a wide audience. We're gonna manifest it. We talk Sapco about the family we, we, we talk and, about the wide audience, and it's like a rapper in a song who's like, you know, oh yeah, yeah. we're gonna will it into existence. <laughs> yeah. Into existence. Yeah, yeah, the rappers right. on their debut. Right, album, right. I sold a million records on the first. Yeah, day. yeah. you know like, what? Like, Everyone's tuning how in. Did you write Everyone's here. <laughs> how did you write the million records? Of, like, how did that? Yeah, know? which came first? <laughs> yeah, it's really a chicken or the egg problem. I love that, but it's dude. It's like that's the way you got. You got to manifest this shit. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, speaking of that, still, uh, still queuing up, uh, our outro here. I'm waiting whenever you are. Oh, v- DJ v- Lawrence, spin right. it. Yeah, spin that shit. Until next week. We're going. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, we can edit it. No, wait. No, no, no. We're not going to edit anything. It's going to be like a hidden track. Yeah. You got to keep listening. Yeah. It's a, this is a hidden track for you 90s kids. Anyone buy a CD and remember when there used to be a hidden track? We're just going to let some silence, some pregnant silence, just sit there on the mic. I just don't think that the, uh, the speaker is working. Oh, you sure it's not a volume issue? It's always like checking all your systems all the way through. No, yeah, you'll get it. Everything's on. I'm insane. No. For those of you who want to, we're going to solve this problem if you if you want to keep listening. Well, and that's why uh, audience members have to tune in every week because every you're week going to miss content like this every time. Yeah. Every time you turn off. Right, the, ready? Oh, we're ready. Spin it. I was just scolding our listeners. This is the perfect way to go out.